Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, The Amazing Dr. Clitterhouse. The starling players, this is Edward G. Robinson. This is Claire Trevor. And this is Lloyd Nolan. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in a radio adaptation of the Warner Brothers picture, The Amazing Dr. Clitterhouse by Barry Lyndon. It stars Edward G. Robinson as Dr. Clitterhouse, Claire Trevor as Miss Randolph, and Lloyd Nolan as Rox Valentine. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in The Amazing Dr. Clitterhouse. Make yourself at home, Lane. I'll fix you up in a jiffy. Thanks, Doc. Oh, Dr. Clitterhouse. Well, I didn't expect you back so early. Was Mrs. Updike's party duller than you thought it would be? No, just about as dull. <laughs> oh, uh, you remember Inspector Lane of the police department, Miss Randolph? Yes, of course. How are you, Inspector? The inspector's having a little trouble with his insomnia. He asked me to give him something for it, so I brought him back from the Updikes with me. Did you enjoy the musicale, Inspector? As a matter of fact, nurse, I didn't get there until it was over. Oh, the inspector was invited quite as an afterthought, Miss Randolph. It seems that while Mrs. Updike was singing Close Thine Eyes in the parlor, somebody was in her bedroom stealing $100,000 worth of jewelry. $100,000 worth of jewelry? Oh, that thief was no piker. Do you have any clues, Inspector? Not yet, but we'll catch the fellow, all right. Say, uh, we're forgetting your insomnia, Inspector. Uh, Miss Randolph, will, will you get me the bottle of paradictal chloride tablets? Uh, I believe it's in the cabinet. Yes, sir. Oh, and uh, put my bag in the closet for me, will you? Yes, certainly, Doctor. Oh, I hope these pills fix me up. I haven't had a good night's sleep in weeks. <laughs> these robberies are getting on your nerves, huh? Yeah, yeah this Updike affair is the fourth in the last month. All obviously done by the same man, too. The commissioner is screening his head off. You have no idea who the crook is? Not yet, but he'll make a mistake. They all do. Uh, what kind of a mistake do you think you'll make, Lane? Is this that hobby of yours again? The medical approach to crime? <laughs> well, someday criminologists will thank me for that hobby. But I, I would like to know, uh, what kind of a mistake are you hoping for? Well, it would be nice if he went to the wrong fence. Fence? Oh, uh, receiver, you mean? Yeah, the guy who buys the hot stuff. Oh, yes. Sooner or later, our man will try to peddle his swag. That'll be the end for him. <laughs> no fence will take a chance with a crook he doesn't know. And I know them all. 
from the petty larceny guys right up to Rox Valentine. Rox Valentine. <laughs> what an interesting name. Doctor, uh, do- oh, here are the sleeping pills. Uh, thank you, nurse. Oh, uh, anything wrong? Uh, n- no. Well, you look a little upset. Oh, well, this is the paradigm chloride, all right. Uh, found it in the cabinet, hmm? No, doctor. It was in your medical bag. You opened my bag? Yes, doctor. Well, Lane, uh, these should do the trick. Uh, just take the dose prescribed on the bottle. Only half a tablet? Oh, that's all that's given the sedative, and larger quantities, paradictal chloride is a deadly poison. Okay, Doc, and thanks. Good night, Lane. Good night. Oh, say, uh, this crook would make swell material for your book. When we get him, I'll invite you down. Oh, I'll be there, all right. So you opened my bag, Miss Randolph? Yes, Doctor. Rather glittering array of equipment in my bag, don't you think? Yes, Doctor. Did you see any uh, medical supplies you'd care to wear? Dr. Clutterhouse, you... you stole those jewels? They are the proceeds of my fourth burglary. You deliberately committing a robbery? Four robberies, Miss Randolph. Don't talk as if I were a beginner. But what can you possibly want with all that jewelry? I, I don't want it, candidly. It's a nuisance, an unfortunate byproduct of my experiments. You're experimenting with criminals? I'm being one. Uh, I've been uh, planning a book on the medical aspects of crime for a long time now, Miss Randolph. My book will show how the nervous tension caused by crime changes the blood pressure, the ratio of the blood corpuscles. In fact, it changes the entire mental and physical makeup of the criminal. But you don't know any criminals. <laughs> Precisely. So I became a criminal myself. I uh, planned a series of burglaries and went through them. And as accurately as I could, I analyzed my medical reactions to each crime. It's merely a research in a rather unusual form. Well, uh, let's shut up shop. I've had a pretty busy day, and tomorrow I'll pay a little visit to Rox Valentine. Uh, a patient? Offense. Well, let's... Uh, what are you looking for, Miss Randolph? A sleeping pill. For me? No, for me. <laughs> For the tenth time, there ain't no Rock's Valentine in this apartment. Yes, but he must be here. Hey, wait a minute. The Swede never sent you, did he? The Sw- uh, my good man, it, it doesn't pay to inquire too deeply into things that concern the uh, Swede. Then you are from the Swede? Who said I wasn't? Okay, okay. I, I gotta be sure. What's he look like? The Swede? Yeah. Well, he uh, has uh, blonde hair and blue eyes. And what kind of an accent does he talk with? Swedish. I guess you're okay. <laughs> but I gotta be careful. The heat's on for Roxy. The cops are looking for him. He gets kind of nervous. Uh, really? Uh, uh, tell me, have you ever examined him when he gets nervous? Uh, I mean, uh, does he exhibit any outward signs? Uh, constriction of the pupils, for instance. Huh? I, I say, is there any constriction? Uh, you, you know what constriction is, don't you? Oh, sure. But I ain't worried. I'm past the age limit. <laughs> Well, well, come on in. What do you want, O.K.? This guy wants to see you, Rox. He's from the Swede. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who are you? Well, that has no bearing on our business. Say the word, boss. I throw him out. Now, take it easy, Papa. I'll handle this. What do you want, buddy? Well, I understand your offense, Mr. Valentine. Yeah? Now, so what? What's your business? This. Holy yeah. smoke! Mm. 
diamonds. Boy, what a hunk of ice. Hey, Poppas. Yeah? Get out your eyeglass. See if they're the McCoy. Sure. Boss, he's not only 100% McCoy, but he's positively in person, the Obdike Brooch. What? The Obdike Brooch. Yes, and here's the Obdike Chara. The Updike necklace, the Updike bracelet. Holy smoke. And the Updike dog collar. Holy smoke. What a dog collar for a pooch. What's the leech made out of platinum? Hey, look, bud. You trying to tell us that you pulled the Updike job? I'm telling you nothing. I think that these jewels, being in my possession, speak for me. Yeah? Well, they ain't saying why you came down here to see me. But it's all very simple, Rocks. I need you and you need me. What do you say to my joining you professionally? You mean become one of the mob? Yes. Oh, you're screwy. I don't know, boss. Maybe we could use him. He's got beautiful eyes. What's his eyes got to do with it? Not eyes. Eyes. I-C-E. Eyes. Well, I'm sorry we couldn't make a deal, Rox, but uh, that's your business. Now, now, wait. Wait a minute. Maybe we could use you at that, buddy. Only, remember, I don't trust no one, see? No one. Well, I hope I'll give you a good reason to alter that philosophy. He talks like a university professor, don't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, you want in the mob now, Professor. Come on, let's have a drink on it. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> here's to crime and research. Henry, what? Uh, never mind. Make it just crime. Yeah, drink it down. Well, here I am, a member of a bona fide group of thieves. It's amazing, gentlemen. Really amazing. Dr. Clitterhouse's office. No Inspector Lane. The doctor is still in Bermuda. Well, I can't say. It may be months. Oh, you say your headaches have returned? On account of robberies? Oh, all right, Inspector. I'll call you as soon as the doctor returns. Hi, Professor. Oh. Oh, uh, hello, Rox. Everything all right? Yeah. Yeah, that loft was a pushover. We split up. The boys will be back soon. Hey, what's that in that tube? Blood. I took this specimen from O.K. before he went out on the warehouse job. I'll take another when he gets back. You got more of O.K.'s blood now than he has. <laughs> you know... I've been wanting to talk to you, Professor. <laughs> All right, Rox. What's on your mind? Well, I... I don't like the way things have gone lately. Well, what's the matter? We've been successful enough, haven't we? Well, that ain't it. I used to be the head man around here. I don't like the way you moved in, see? And the main thing I don't like is that book you keep writing in. Yes, <laughs> but I, I've told you a hundred times there's nothing in this book that concerns you. Yeah? Well, if it don't concern me, why don't you show me what's in it? Well, really, Rox, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. I don't go in for this closed mouth business. Come on, open up, Professor. What's your name? Who are you, anyway? Uh, Rox, that is the major thing that doesn't concern you. Look, everything concerns me that has to oh, do with... Hiya, boys. The stuff is here and it's mellow. Oh, the most beautiful furs you ever see. I pick out a nice mink for my wife. Her saddle coat was beginning to look even sobbier than her ermine. Here, throw this stuff on the table. Let's have a look at it. Yes, and while Rox is examining the take, I... Oh, I know. Here we go again. Okay, Professor, jab away. <laughs> uh, you too, Popus. Uh, uh, come on, come on. Roll up your sleeves. Uh, I'm ready with the needle. Uh, please, Professor. I got enough holes in me now from this. Uh, do you know how we sprayed the lawn at home in our house? 
How? I drink a glass of water and go out and stand in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen. You've been very good subjects. You've told me all I've wanted to know. Oh, boy, this is really a haul. Must be half a million bucks worth of furs there. My cut will come to plenty. Well, your cut will come to even more than you think, Rox. What do you mean? I'm going to divide my share among the three of you. Professor. Huh? You mean... You mean you, you don't want no money from this job? Exactly. What's the idea? Seems kind of funny to me. Funny? Is he incomprehensible? <laughs> well, you see, gentlemen, it's a little farewell gift from me to you. Oh, so? So you're walking out, huh? Just like that, huh? Yes, just like that. And taking your little black book with you. Oh, indeed I am. Uh, pardon me, Roxy. I'd like to use the phone behind you. Uh -huh. Thank you. Hello? Uh, yes. Yes, I've decided. Uh, well, tell uh, Mrs. Gansper I'll see her in the morning. What? Yes, I weathered all storms and I arrive home tomorrow for good. Uh, tomorrow, then. Goodbye. Well, goodbye, gentlemen. It's been very enlightening to have known you. So long, Professor. Uh, happy day, Spark. Thanks. Now, if there are no hard feelings, Rox. Get out. <laughs> Very well. I'll see you in the medical papers, gentlemen. You think the guy's daffy? Daffy, nothing. I'm going to do a little research on my own. Where's that phone? Give me a screwdriver, Papa. You taking the phone apart, boss? Yeah, sure. I fitted a piece of lip pencil lead under the dial. And when your professor spun it, it went around with the dial and made a mark each time. See? Holy smoke. Look. Yeah, it worked pretty good. See, there's seven marks there. Now all I gotta do is sort of translate. Yeah. It's pretty nice of the professor to write down his own number for me, eh? Yeah? You're phoning this number? Hey, Rock, that ain't right. Shut up. Hello. Uh, is this Plaza 74018? Who? Doc... Dr. Who's residence? Oh, yeah, uh, never mind, thanks. So that's who he is. Well, now it's my turn. Lady Esther has presented Act One of The Amazing Dr. Clitterhouse, starring Lloyd Nolan, Claire Trevor, and Edward G. Robinson. In just a moment... We will hear the Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Act Two. But first, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. I wonder if you've ever had this experience. You've dressed and made up carefully and gone out somewhere. You're gay and confident because you know you look your best. But after you've been out an hour or two, you catch a glimpse of yourself. My, you say, is that what I look like? Whatever happened to my makeup? Well, unless I miss my guess, one of three things has happened. Either your face is shiny or it's caked and streaked, or tiny little lines are noticeable. On the other hand, here's what women who use my Lady Esther face powder tell me. Hours after powdering, the effect is still so wonderfully smooth and fresh, so glamorous, as though they had just spread the delicate film of Lady Esther face powder on their skin. And I'll tell you why Lady Esther is so different. At the point where other face powders are considered finished, my twin hurricane process begins... It blows the powder particles with such tremendous force, 
smooths them down so fine and velvety that they lie on your face like a soft, flattering veil, hiding little lines and blemishes, clinging fresh and smooth for hours and hours. I hope you'll try Lady Esther face powder right away and discover how much younger and lovelier the right face powder can make you look. Not for just a few minutes, but for hours and hours. Doctor, before I leave, I want to tell you again how glad I am that it's all over. My active career as a public enemy? Yes. Yes, that's finished. I've lifted my last collection of precious stones. From now on, gallstones. <laughs> Satisfied? Yes, completely, Doctor. <laughs> Is there anything else you want, done? No, I believe not. I intend to work on my research notes tonight. All right, Doctor. Good night. Good night, Miss Randolph. My, you sound happy, mm. Professor. Rocks. How did you get in my office? Oh, it's a cinch. Kind of careless of a master mind to leave his windows open, Dr. Clitterhouse. Oh, so you know my name, too. I know all about you. You intend exposing me to the police? What, me do a thing like that? No, why should I? And what do you want? Take it easy, take it easy. We'll get to that. While I was uh, waiting for you, I've been reading your little black book here. My notes? Mm-hmm, names and everything in here. Blood analysis of okay after loft robbery. Pupils of Rock's eyes react slowly to strong light. Ought to make nice reading for the cops. Well, I intend to change the names to X, Y, or Z. You need to have no fears on that account. You bet your sweet life I don't. Doctor, I almost forgot. Mm. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were alone. It's all right, Miss Randolph. Uh, anything wrong? No, but I just forgot to tell you that I put some paradictal chloride tablets in your cabinet. Mrs. Gansbert might call. Yes, uh, insomnia frequently keeps me awake. <laughs> Well, that's all. I'll see you tomorrow. Stick around, sweetheart. What? I said stick around, sweetheart. Maybe the doc's been shooting off his mouth to you. Doctor, what right has this man to... I'm terribly to... sorry, Miss Randolph. Apparently, I've made the same mistake as the immortal Dr. Frankenstein. This is my monster. Oh, then he must be one of the... I mean... Uh-huh, I was right, eh? The dame is wise. I assure you, Rox, that Miss Randolph is the soul of discretion. Please let her go. She stays, Doc. She knows what the score was, so she might as well know what the score's gonna be. You have a plan, Rock? Sure. These notes are yours proof plenty, and I got them. That sort of puts you over the barrel. I see. I suppose you force me to continue working with you. Oh, not with me, Doc. You'll be working for me. I'm the boss of the outfit again. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> it's wonderful. You're gonna in with a lot of rich guys, and you're gonna use it. You're gonna slip me the layout of their houses... Find out safe combinations. Tell me when they won't be home. Oh, it'll be a cleanup for me. And just to show you I ain't a bad guy, I'm going to give you 10%. Well, your generosity stuns me. You'll take it and you'll like it. Doctor, doctor, you mustn't let him do this to you. I'm afraid it's unavoidable. What else can I do? Nothing. <laughs> Except maybe uh, offer you a new boss a drink, huh? Yes, yes. Uh, good suggestion. Yeah. I have some excellent scotch in the cabinet. Oh, it's well, about six fingers in a water glass ought to do the trick. How about you, sweetheart, little sniffer? No, thank you. Ah, don't be like that. Say, you know, you ain't bad looking. Sure, take them flat heel shoes off you and take some of the starch out of that uniform. Uh, leave her alone, Rox. Oh, private stock, huh? 
Well, well, okay. But hurry up with that drink. Talking to her gives me a chill. But it's on the way. Rox, do you seriously mean all you've said? Just try and cross me, Doc. You'll find out. Well, that's that. Here's your drink. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Quite old. You probably noticed the full smoky flavor. Yeah. Well, here's a toast. To a killing for me and 10% for you. <laughs> well, couldn't you make that to uh, crime and research? Uh, you're still hopping on research, eh? Yes, because I have some more to do. I've neglected a study of the greatest crime of all. What's that? Murder. Oh, that's bad business, Doc. You can't get away with oh, it. Oh, I don't know. It's quite easy for a doctor to eliminate someone. A poison administered in the guise of medicine, the body dropped in some convenient river, and the verdict would be death by drowning. You got a nasty mind, Doc. <laughs> Getting sort of sleepy. You are, Rox? Yeah. Yeah, that, that drink, I guess, it sure hit me. Did it, Rox? Uh, look at me. Uh, can you see me clearly? Hmm? No. I look funny and small and far off. My voice sounds rather indistinct, doesn't it? Talk louder. I can't hear you good. Doctor, what have you done to him? As you pointed out, Miss Randolph, there were paradictal chloride tablets in the cabinet. Hey, Doc. I, I can't open my eyes. No, Rox, then you never will again. You you, you I'll, I'll fix There's no use struggling. Unfortunately, you placed me in a position where this was the only way out. I couldn't very well sacrifice my life's work because you were greedy, could I, Rox? Could I, Rox? No, I couldn't. You... You killed him? Yes. Uh, Miss Randolph, will you assist me, please? I want to take my blood pressure. Good morning, Dr. Titterhouse. Oh, Inspector Lane. Oh, delighted to see you. What brings you out so early, Inspector? Oh, I've got another splitting headache. Oh, well, that's too bad. How long have you had it? Since early this morning. It started when we fished the body of Rox Valentine out of the river. Oh, really? He was full of poison. Paradictol chloride. Well, how distressing for him. A any clues? Yes. In his pocket was a book of matches with a telephone number written inside the cover. It was somewhat blurred by the water, but it's either Plaza 74018 or Plaza 74016. Well, it couldn't be Plaza 74018. That's my number. Yes, so it must be the other one. 4016? That belongs to the Beauty Form Girdle Company. <laughs> Valuable clue, Inspector. We'll get more. We just picked up Harry Pappas and O.K. Kinsella. And we'll soon have a complete description of the mysterious professor. I'm on the way to talk to him now. Yeah, but your headache, Inspector. It's almost gone. However, don't be surprised if I drop back later today. No, I won't. Uh, goodbye, Inspector. Uh, Miss Randolph. Yes, Doctor? Uh, get Chester Wood on the phone, please. Your lawyer? Yes, uh, tell him I want to see him immediately. Doctor, why did Inspector Lane come here? Was it... He had a headache, Miss Randolph. Oh. The contagious kind. Now I have one. I made a slight error last night. After all, it's my first murder. Inspector Lane will be back soon to place me under arrest. Doctor, it's not fair. Can't you make them see that? Now, don't worry, Miss Randolph. It's a clear case of monomania. It's my own personal physician. I've just diagnosed my own case. Yes, Dr. Clitterhouse? I'm crazy. Miss Randolph, absolutely crazy. Absolutely <laughs> crazy. 
court, please. Will the foreman of the jury please stand? Yes, Your Honor. Have you arrived at a verdict? No, Your Honor. We can't figure out the testimony of those aliens. They talk about melancholia and psychoneuroses and hyperamnesia until it's enough to drive anybody nuts. Uh, pardon the expression. <laughs> uh, their language leaves a doubt in your mind. That's right. We know Dr. Clitterhouse killed Valentine. He says so himself. But we've listened to all those experts, and we still don't know whether he's sane or whether he's... Well, uh... Uh, go ahead. I'll pardon the expression. Thank you, Your Honor. Nuts. <laughs> I'm sure that none of us has any desire to prolong this trial. Uh, Dr. Clitterhouse. Yes, Your Honor. Would you resume the witness stand? Certainly, sir. Mr. Foreman, I'm recalling Dr. Clitterhouse in order to put several questions to him myself. I hope it works, Your Honor. Are you ready for the questioning, Dr. Clitterhouse? Uh, look, Your Honor, I'm tired of all this nonsense. Let's get it over with. I'm not insane at all. I was aware of the consequences of my actions that night. You were? Yes. But uh, not of their extent or far-reaching possibilities. Your Honor. Yes, Mr. Wood. Your Honor, could we have a short recess? I'm sorry, Mr. Wood, but that's impossible. But I'm afraid that the strain on my client... Uh, that Mr. will be all, Mr. Wood. Now, Dr. Clitterhouse, as a competent medical authority, do you believe it's possible for an insane man to write a sane book? Radically not. In that case, do you consider your book, Crime and Research, to be irrational and of no scientific value? Quite on the contrary, Your Honor. I consider my book completely rational and of definite scientific value. Say what you please about me. Do anything to me the law allows. But you cannot, you must not question the sanity of my book. I see. Now, assuming that it is impossible for an insane man to write a sane book, in your opinion, you are perfectly sane? Perfectly. Now, do what you will with me. I'm sorry, Dr. Clitterhouse, but if, as you say, you... Your Honor. Mr. Foreman. You don't have to ask him anything else. We've reached a verdict. What is the verdict? Not guilty. By reason of insanity. <laughs> how, how on earth did you arrive at that? Your Honor, the prisoner hasn't got a prayer unless he proves himself insane. His life depends on it. So there he sits, trying his best to prove he's sane. Only an insane man would do that. So he must be, uh, pardon the expression, nuts. Very nuts. Uh, Dr. Clitterhouse, you've heard the verdict of the jury. Have you any uh, comment to make? Amazing. Really amazing. Thank you, Edward G. Robinson, Claire Trevor, and Lloyd Nolan for appearing with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players tonight. Oh, that was our pleasure, Mr. Bradley. You see, the Motion Picture Relief Fund, which benefits from these programs, is very important to all of us in the industry. We are vitally interested in the fund and the country house and the clinic which it supports. And now, before we tell you about next week's show, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Trevor. Ladies, I promise you a thrill and a surprise when you first apply Lady Esther face powder. Surprised that any powder can make you look so much younger, so much prettier. But the real thrill of using Lady Esther face powder comes hours later, when you take out your mirror to repowder and find your face still as smooth and glamorous as though you just made up. I thank you and my husband thanks you, a girl wrote me who just discovered Lady Esther. He hates to see me constantly repowdering. And even more, he hates the mask-like look I've been getting with my recent makeup. So many women have told me that. Told me no makeup stays fresh and flattering as long as Lady Esther. And I know it's true. 
because my special twin hurricane process makes powder different from others. More vitally alive looking and infinitely softer, smoother and more clinging. Find out for yourself why more women use Lady Esther face powder than any other kind. Try my face powder and look your most enchanting. Not just for minutes, but for hours and hours. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present My Son, My Son. It will star Geraldine Fitzgerald, Freddie Bartholomew, and Brian Ahern. Be sure to listen. Edward G. Robinson is soon to be seen in the Columbia comedy Mr. Winkle Goes to War. Claire Trevor will soon be seen in the RKO radio picture Farewell, My Lovely. Lloyd Nolan is soon to be seen in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, a 20th Century Fox production. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To try Lady Esther four-purpose face cream, just get the smallest size jar. Later, you can get the economical large jar and keep refilling the small one for convenience. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you and good night, everyone. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.